the weed. Or not the weed. The weed. The whisk. 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 And then I think of The Boys Are Back, High School Musical. Oh, and that really makes me upset because that is a way better illustration than than Tom and Jerry. (laughs) And so, yeah. This is the podcast where we give our opinions on different topics that Christian young adults and college students seem to eat up. So, yeah, hopefully y'all enjoy the topics because me and Kayla just struggle with half these things <laughs> yeah but most of these things and have been through a lot of them so yeah at some point we want to do like a q a podcast mm-hmm. situation where we're post we will post on our instagram and get feedback and answer those questions because we think that would be fun too yeah um anyway i almost burned we my have tongue. Our- Speaking of, we have our tea again. We do. What, what tea are you drinking? I am drinking throat coat tea because honestly, that is just like the best tea in the world. It, it really is the fla- like it helps your voice feel better, but it also the flavor is immaculate. Yeah, I am drinking Trader Joe's winter wake up tea, and was I tired before this? Yes. Am I tired now? No. So it really does its Truly job. Truly, it works. Trader Joe's tea packaging. Has to be one of my favorite things in the world. Trader Joe's just in general. Yeah. Top five favorite things. But the way they like put it in clear packaging so you can see it and it has like these cute little like fonts on it. It's so cute. It's like, wow, I really want to drink you now. You're so cute. Um, Um, Kayla, what does your mug look like? I'm just really curious to see. So my mug is a Christmas mug. Oh, Um, very fitting. Yeah. It has a snow globe on it. And it says, wish you were here with some trees and a little red house. And there's, it's like, it's actually a snow globe ornament hanging from a tree branch. Wow. So that's the, oh, oh, it's double-sided. It also says, let it snow. Wow. That's just awesome. I will say, so the podcast viewers can't see the size of it, but the size of the mug, you don't even have to see it. But when I say perfect size of mug, just picture it, okay? And that's the mug. It fits probably a 12, mm, I'd say like a 10 ounce cup of coffee in there. And that's just the perfect amount of coffee. Mm. It is a great size. I do thoroughly enjoy the size. Well, I'm drinking from my Pine Cove mug. And if you go know cones. anything about me, go cones. You know you have a true friend when they will do go cones for you. But it took a minute. I love Pine Cove. And so... Um, our assistant slash roommate, Tina, picked it out, and it just, like, that was my love language, and she really filled my love tank right there when she handed me this tea. But, yeah, so I just really felt strong emotions when she handed me that cup. I was like, Mm. maybe I just feel so happy now. Yeah. So, yeah. Do you feel like you feel strong emotions often? So, some would say yes now. (laughs) What do I say sometimes? Sometimes. Um, what about you? Yes, always. <laughs> right, 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 right. Uh, I feel like when I'm emotional, it's like 
well, you guys have said this about me, but I agree. Mm-hmm. You guys have said that when I cry, it seems like World War Three is happening. No, and that is true. That's really not an exaggeration at all. <laughs> <laughs> so, but if you haven't gotten the hint, we are talking about emotions. We are. Um, and just kind of how we as humans just go through them, but how we go through them as college students too, like branching out from living on your own and going through hard things and how we should handle them spiritually and biblically. Spiritually, yeah, biblically. Um, Yeah. We both had very, like, different but big stories with emotions. So we'll kind of talk about that, but I want to answer the question first. What does the Bible tell us about emotions? Yeah, no, I mean, that's always where you should start for any topic, so. Yeah, truly. Glad we're doing that. Um, But kind of... When I think of emotions, Ecclesiastes 3 pops up, um, and it's kind of talking about the whole idea of a time for everything. So, for everything, there's a season, a time for every activity under heaven, and then in verse um, 4, it says a time to cry and a time to laugh, a time to grieve and a time to dance. Yeah, it just goes on with the same imagery of seasons in life, and the cool thing about Ecclesiastes is it's we probably written by Solomon. And it is kind of from this perspective of, like, the reality of life on Earth, but also turning that into a kingdom perspective. And -hmm. I think that that's really cool. Um, So to hear, like, yeah, this is, like, Solomon probably say, this is the reality. Like, there's seasons. There's a time for this, a time for that, time for that. Like, that is the reality of living life on Earth that we're going to experience seasons that bring us different feelings different emotions and we kind of have to know what to deal what to do with those things and so if Mm -hmm. emotions are going to be here what do we do with them how do we steward them well yeah and I think there's some different answers to that question yeah well I mean kind of going back real quick just talking about how we experience them I mean we see it in the bible with David how um in psalms where he's talking about like why is my soul so downcast why am I, why am I so kind of distraught with, like, why am I feeling this way? And so we see, like, characters in the Bible dealing with these intense emotions. And, I mean, even from that prayer specifically, he's turning straight to God in that. And God is hearing him and listening to him in those prayers. And it's not him necessarily complaining that he's feeling this way, just genuinely sitting at his feet and saying, Lord, why is my soul so downcast right now? And I just always find that so comforting when I'm sad. I'm like, God, my soul's downcast. I literally said today, as I was driving, my soul's downcast. Help me find joy, Lord. Because I just was, I wasn't joyful in that moment. Yeah. And the Lord's kind to answer that. Yeah, absolutely. I think the Bible, I think that God obviously has been so kind to Scripture. But one of the ways that he has been so kind with Scripture is portraying the things we go through on such a wide, like, basis. or such, like, a wide platter. He's mm-hmm. like, yeah, we deal with this, we deal with this. And he, and he shows us all those things. And one of my favorite psalms is Psalm 88. And it is literally the, like, most depressing psalm. And it's <laughs> it, it doesn't, like, end. Because most psalms have their, like, little moment of grief mm-hmm. or little moment of, like, sadness. And then they're like, but I will still dwell in the house of the Lord right. for as long as I live. Nope doesn't end like that i don't remember how it ends but i think it literally just ends like it feels like you have forgotten me or forsaken Mm. me or something and then that's where it ends and it's like 
clearly there is room for us to bring that kind of emotion to the feet of the Lord. Yeah. But it's because, right, that we're bringing it to the feet of the Lord that it is justified and sanctified and clearly speaking to so many people through scripture. Yeah, I remember growing up, my mom would always, um, and this kind of goes into the story that I'll kind of share with you today, but my mom would always say, find joy in every circumstance. And it's just the cutest thing ever because that's just her whole personality trait. It is, yeah. She's the most joyful person you'll probably ever meet. But I think that really did kind of make me feel like everything that I did or experienced, there still had to be happiness. Like there still had to be a smile on my face. There still had to be some sort of like a positive emotion. And I think that it's okay to be in seasons of sadness or seasons of grieving or seasons of whatever the emotion is, even if it is a season of joyfulness, like praise God. But I mean, praise God for the grieving too, because I know he's teaching you something through that as well. Working in that too, yeah. Yeah, but I think you when you said that with Psalm 88, how it ends and it's not a cheerful note, that's honestly more encouraging to me that it's okay. It doesn't always have to end on a cheerful note. It doesn't always have to be like the best, like I'm going to go eat a feast now with the, with my friends, you know, like sometimes it's just not like sometimes I'm going to go back in my room and cry. (laughs) It's okay to do that, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think definitely, you know, in terms of how we steward our emotions while bringing them to the feet of the Lord. Mm. But I also think like not ignoring them, right? Because, Mm, um, a verse that I think is applicable is Romans twelve fifteen. It says, rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep. Mm. And I think that that's important because another kind of way that we can steward our emotions well is by using them to empathize with others. That's good. And yeah. by being aware of them to help us empathize with others, which I feel like is something you felt like you missed out on for a while, mm-hmm. emotionally speaking. Yeah. Do you want to speak into that a little bit? Yeah, no. So I, like, for some reason, just my whole life just never cried. I mean, even coming out of the womb, funny story, I, I mean, obviously I cried com- coming out of the womb, but <laughs> I was, I'm the third daughter, and so they were expecting, I mean, my both my older sisters just cried a bunch as a baby, and I was literally in the crib in, like, the what is it, NICU, whatever? Yeah. And they, like, poke me to try and get me to, like, cry because I didn't even make a noise or anything. And they were like, is this girl okay? (laughs) And so, I mean, just from the beginning, I haven't been super um, emotional in the sense of crying or um, expressing these huge emotions. And so um, for the first two years of college, I um, did not understand at all why people felt these huge emotions. So Kayla and I started living together sophomore year of college and man, we were completely different in the terms of how Kayla just had these huge emotions, um, which wasn't a bad thing. Yeah. To preface, this is prior to my emotional like journey and God kind of working through me in that way. So at this point I was, I mean, really just very overtaken by emotions yeah and I was on like the complete opposite end where if someone expressed emotions in even a little way honestly like I remember my other roommate would cry over animal videos and I just didn't understand you know right and so 
I remember just kind of, it was like a wake-up call moment where I think, Kayla, I don't, even, I don't even know if there was a specific moment where you like cried or something, but I just remember being like, I do not understand this, but in order to love her well, in order to um, not even just love her well, but love future people in my life, right. I need to empathize with her and I need to sit and be okay with her crying and be okay with embracing these strong emotions because that's what Jesus did, does with us when we go to his feet and we're expressing these huge emotions and so probably for about a year or two i don't even know i prayed lord would you help me feel emotions would you help me would you soften my heart would you help me cry like i there was a point where i even cried because i just a i thought i would be weak if i cried b i just didn't want to be that girl that cried all the time which is so stupid (laughs) i was trying to be like the other girls and i didn't work because (laughs) it actually did not help me grow so Yeah, but, I mean, you tell your side on that. Yeah, so I was raised in a household where we are just, like, a very emotional group of people. Mm -hmm. Um, My dad is a very emotional man, and so growing up, it was just, like, like, yeah, everyone's super comfortable with, like, being very emotional. I also have just had, like, I've just always been a dramatic child, like, whenever I was upset, like, it was just a very dramatic tantrum situation all Mm. the time, you know what I mean? And so, um, growing up, that was just kind of how I operated emotionally. And my parents got the brunt of that. I never really started actively, like, crying or the main people that I was crying in front of started being my friends until college. So that was an interesting shift for mm. me, too, because my parents, yeah. it was never weird for them True. to see yeah, that, yeah. right? Like, that was always their, nor- their normal for me. But then when you meet people that you kind of aren't your family and you start kind of having to be vulnerable in those ways, it is more of a, oh, maybe this isn't something they're used to kind of thing. Right, yeah. And so I remember going through that year, that first year we lived together, just constantly being either mad or hurt or sad or all of these things. And I, I mean, I think it goes back to the fact that I was easily offended, honestly. Mm. But also, I played into my emotions so much and I justified every reason that I could have thought of mm-hmm. to feel so strongly about these things. And I think I wanted to have like, this tough girl act too of like oh like I'm in the right like I can be mm-hmm. like stand firm in this and I can be upset about this and I can like right. all of these things yeah. and so that fueled my emotions too of thinking that like I needed to be like this hard tough person who like lay down the law all the right time. okay that's true um mm-hmm. and so um I didn't really let things go easily and I and I stuck my ground and, and I also was hurt and offended easily and so you know, after a really exhausting year of going through things that kind of led me to be hurt all of the time, I decided to go to counseling because I was just feeling so much. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was then that I started to realize, like, wow, maybe my emotions are not just a thing of mine, Mm -hmm. but there's something that affects other people, too you know? Mm. And then when I started to think of it in that lens of like, okay, let me be emotional in a way that is kind to my friends. Mm. I started to realize when I wasn't being kind to my friends emotionally. And that was when I was like, oh, wow. Like this whole time I have just been like 
really hurtful because I've been so emotional and and just saying things out of impulsivity and because you know the rationale just goes out the window when you are just so emotional right and so um I was just like it was almost shocking to to realize how hurtful I had been because I I hadn't been thinking and it was Mm. all just kind of feeling based yeah and so I started to really think about okay first of all why am I so easily offended? What are the roots of this problem? Right. Right. Yeah. Because we cannot just tend or cut off the weed and not pull the root. Right. Yeah. Because if you don't pull the root, it's just going to come right back. Yeah. And so I was like, what are the roots of these problems? And that's really what counseling helped me figure it out was, mm-hmm. hey, why are you, what is fueling these large emotions in you? And let's tend to that. Yeah. Um, and also just like realizing that like i am a sinner Mm -hmm. and everybody else around me is too Mm -hmm. and if i hold people to a higher standard than i hold myself that's problematic yeah um but even if i hold myself to a really high standard then that means that everybody else around me is going to fail because they're automatically lower than me. And so just con- like just having mm-hmm. these realizations that there is no way that you can set yourself up that puts you in a place where you're not going to get hurt, where you're not going to experience emotions. And so mm-hmm. how do we how do we do it well? How yeah. do we live with them well? Yeah. And that's been a huge journey for me and and thankfully the Lord has blessed me in just having more control over my emotions and being able to um, kind of being in control of the behavior that follows the feeling, which we'll talk about later. Right. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of been opposite journey, but yeah. my journey. Well, I think it's very interesting that you, I mean, pointed out the whole analogy of getting to the root of the problem, because I mean, hearing both of our stories, the root of why we felt the way we felt is pride, mm. right? Cause like you, you wanted to be emotional so that you can show everyone like, I'm the tough guy. I can stand my ground. I'm going to be bold and, you know, show these emotions because I can have these emotions. And mine was, I'm not going to show that I'm weak and I'm going to show that I'm better than you by not crying. And it's just so silly. No, yeah. (laughs) No, literally. That is, um, the, uh, the root does, if you're not going to pluck it out, it's going to continue to grow. Yeah. And I think, we saw that both in our lives yeah. and that the the pride um, for me led to apathy towards my friends and just knowing how to love them well. Like I, I felt like I didn't know how to love people well. And I remember wanting, I just wanted to experience what you experience so I could understand like how yeah. to tend to you, you know? Yeah. And, and see the, the pride in me like developed in that I, saw the failures in other people that I was blinded to the failures of me Mm, and that I was, that I was not at all practicing humility in, um, being a believer or any aspect of my life at that point. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, just to plug counseling really quickly, like first of all, works through emotions. That's literally the point of counseling. Um, but also my counselor, she was a Christian counselor and that was the best thing for me. And is the best thing for Mm me. Um, And she straight up was like, I think the source of you feeling all of this is that you're prideful. Like, she straight up, like, said that to me. And she was like, if you think that you are, like, top tier of friends, 
then literally everyone else is going to be a worse friend than you are. Yeah. And so how can you expect them to be like this amazing, amazing friend when you consider yourself to be that? Right. There's no room for them to be that. And I was like, oh, and so like finding someone that like helps you process your emotions and helps you find the root because it's hard to find the root on your own sometimes. Yeah. And for me, when I went to counseling, um, I remember starting to cry just talking to my counselor and I just my natural instinct. I kept on saying, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Like, I don't normally cry. I was trying to compensate. I was like, so freaked out for some reason that I was crying in front of my counselor. And my counselor looked me in the eyes and she was like, this is what I'm here for. She's, she told me that it was completely normal to cry. And I mean, after that, I cried every session. Yeah. <laughs> and <no quite> she <laughs> embraced that and she sat with me and she prayed over me when I was sobbing. And it's just, she helped me understand that it was healthy to cry. And yeah. Yeah. It's and, been so cool to see us grow so much. Cause yeah. like, I mean, we had such a different rela- a relationship that year well, yeah. that was really hard and not amazing. Yeah. And through both of our like personal individual growths, we've been able to grow together. And so like that just is, that just shows that like when the Lord is at the center of your emotions or maybe even, you know, that's not perfect all the time, but he is more than not like right. there is fruit of that. Yeah. And it's going to bleed into every aspect of your life, right. which I think is the coolest part is I never realized how much, me kind of through the Lord's strength kind of figuring out this problem with emotions would have on relationships just in general right I thought it was just a me problem which is also a pride thing going back to it all but um I kind of want to talk about what like righteous emotions because and also kind of clarifying when we say emotions we also don't want you to think it's just you sitting on your bed crying because a boy broke your heart or something like that. Right. Like, we're, we're talking about the the uncomfortable feelings, the angry feelings, the annoyed because someone took your parking spot feelings, you know? <laughs> um, that one hit way too deep. <laughs> um, but, I mean, yeah, because that's just we're human. And I just think it's so, like, sweet that God sees every single I mean, he made us perfectly right. in his image, and he sees every single little, like, annoy annoyance that we have. And that's okay, because we are going to feel those emotions, but it's, am I taking these emotions, and I'm, am I bringing them to the Lord, right. or am I going to call my best friend and rant about them, and right. let the anger grow, even Woo! More, you know? Yeah. yeah, no, that's convicting. I definitely remember having the conversation and I don't remember who it was, but they said something along the lines of like, are you talking to your friends more about the things that are going on and that you're feeling more than you're talking about God to them mm. and uh, or talking to God about them? Right. And I was like, okay, right. yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, I think, I think the Lord really does want us to talk to it, like to confide mm-hmm. in our friends because our friends can pray for us and obviously in appropriate and healthy ways. Right. But I do think that he wants to hear directly from us as well, you know, and I I mean, that's clear, obviously, in the scripture. And so finding that balance of like, I can talk to my friends about this, but let me not forsake that as my God. Mm, You know what I mean? Um, That's a whole other podcast. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, but I think going into what you're talking about, like righteous emotions being centered in 
seeking Christ through them, that Jesus, obviously, perfect example. Um, <laughs> yes. And I, we kind of put together, like, a short list of times that Jesus was emotional in Scripture. And the three things that we came up with were when Jesus was in the Garden of Yosemite, mm-hmm. um, just kind of asking and pleading with the Lord, God, if there's another way, take this cup from me. <laughs> right, yeah. Right. But if not, you know, your will be done. Um, he And there's evidence that he was so like, distressed, for lack of a better word, that he started, like, sweating blood. Right. And so, clearly, there's emotion involved in that. Uh, The second one was Jesus cleansing the temple. uh, When he went into the temple, and it was kind of being used as, like, a market in a a trading center, and he flips some tables over and says, like, how are you dishonoring my father's house like this? And, And we kind of see an example of righteous anger there. And then the other one that we kind of wanted to talk about was when Lazarus dies in John 11, um, which is the shortest verse in the Bible, which is Jesus wept. And um, you can see that he was emotional with grief in right. that point. And so yeah. what do you think made these emotions righteous? Like what about these emotions in Jesus's context and how he handled them deemed them righteous? Yeah. I mean, all of them point back to him turning to God. Yeah. And I think it's so perfect to look at. I mean, the Jesus in the garden example, I truly feel like is a great example to look back at because the situation was not his ideal situation, right? He was willing and obedient, obviously, to do what the Lord wanted to do. But he was going to die on the cross for us, right? Right. And so the fact that he still felt these emotions and knew what was going to happen the day after and still went to the Lord in those instead of trying to run away from the plans that the Lord had made for him or turn to his friends and be like, I'm really scared. And not saying that's a problem, but he went to the Lord first. Right. And I mean, in all of these emotions or all of these examples, we see him doing that. And just like you said, with God wants to hear every single thing. Yeah. And I think... We oftentimes, and this could lead to gossip too, of we go to our friends like, oh, this person really made me offended. And we try and pass it off that it's not gossip, but let's be real. Come on, guys. Like, we all know we are genuinely talking bad about a person. We just don't like to admit it. If anybody has, like, a really, really great resource on explaining and defining and all the things regarding gossip dm it yeah please we've been trying to figure this out yeah like (laughs) we we need some solid solid biblical wisdom on gossip um in our life in terms of what you were saying yes the distinction that makes them righteous is how he sought god in them at least for me in my interpretation and my understanding of these kind of narratives is that in the garden, he was literally at the father's feet confessing these things and, and talking to him. Right. Um, while he was kind of feeling these feelings of overwhelmed, um, or being over, of being overwhelmed. In the example of Jesus clearing or cleansing the temple, we see him, at least from my understanding of the narrative, narrative as a representation of God's kind of wrath and anger for how his holy place is being used. And so we see him seeking God in being one with God in that context, in my understanding. And then Jesus, when Lazarus died, he feels these emotions, right? He has this grief, Jesus weeps, and then he goes on to 
do a miracle that clearly mm-hmm. he would not be able to do if he was not seeking kind of a divine power or had that divine power within him. Mm-hmm. I was also going to say one more thing about Jesus's emotions in the garden specifically. Mm-hmm. Because I think it represents having conflicting emotions. Mm. No, because, yeah. and which is something that is very applicable to us as humans and, and, and comforting as well. Because clearly he was stressed and overwhelmed at the idea of going to the cross. But also, he had, as him being God in the form of man, he had the same amount of love and care and desire to go to the cross Mm. for our sake as God does. And so those conflicting emotions were also represented in that story and Mm. I think can be comforting to us um, that even in conflicting emotions, he went to God for clarity and for guidance and all of those things. Yeah. I also think it's important to point out um, kind of God's role in that story as well. Um, He didn't push Jesus aside. He didn't look at Jesus like he was any less or that he was doubting God's plan. He welcomed him in. Like he sat with him. He welcomed him in. And I think kind of that kind of goes into our um, next point of like, why should we go to God with our emotions? Like it just makes more sense for me to go to my friend and talk to my friend about my emotions because in that moment she'll give me practical advice. But, like, and that's good. I'm not saying that that's discouraged. I'm discouraging you to do that. But, obviously, the right choice, the first thing that we should always be doing with anything is going to God. So, what are some specific ways that we could do that? Yeah. I think genuinely, like, starting to pray as soon as you're feeling some kind of emotion that you have any ideas Mm -hmm. is unrighteous. I remember listening to a sermon one time, and I don't remember who it was that was preaching it but something along the, he said something along the lines of the fact that the way we turn our thoughts into prayers is by adding god in front of them mm. and that even when it feels like it's so hard to pray it's as simple as adding god and sharing you right. know like adding like and and by inviting him through using his name right you begin to share how you're feeling right that's good and so I think that's a practical way yeah. to bring your emotions to the Lord is is we sometimes get so boggled up in the legalism of this is how I have to pray, this is how I have to confess, True, this is how yeah. I have to do all these things. And it's like the way we turn our thoughts to prayers is put God in front of them. Yeah. Um, that's good. And so, yeah. Yeah, I think um, reminding yourself kind of the same idea. And I think for me this is the thing that really hits when I'm feeling mm-hmm. emotions because I am do lean more on the side of I find myself weak when I experience emotions. It's just a simple reminder that Jesus loves us. Yeah. I remember sitting in a counseling session and my counselor looked at me and said, you remember that Jesus loves you, right? Like she said something along the lines I remember you telling me this. Yeah. I have a vivid memory of you telling me this. And I'm pretty sure I just like wept the whole time. Yeah. And it's just... The small reminders of that, and that's not even small, that's huge, (laughs) but it's just the reminders of Jesus loving us in our wholeness, in our sins, our failures, our weaknesses, um, and that he sees every single tear. I am reading this, like, poem. I I can never say it. Liturgy? Liturgy? Whatever you want. I think it's liturgy. Liturgy, however you say it. But um, this is what it says. 
You say that you collect my tears and bottles and that you keep a record of everything that moves me to the point of weeping. Perhaps one day after our glorious eternal reunion, when tears are made obsolete and crying is but a memory lost, you will show me the glistening containers, gesturing to the whole row of them and assuring me that not one drop escaped your sight, that each one was tallied with love in your book. Mm. And if that doesn't comfort you when you are feeling sad, when you're feeling angry, like he sees you and he's with you. And when you are submitting to him and going to him first, you are showing that you are weak and he wants you to be weak because when you are weak, therefore he is strong. Yeah. And so why wouldn't we turn to God in our emotions? Why wouldn't we want to be weak in front of him? Yeah. And I think, yeah, yeah, that's so good. I think a big shifting point in your faith, but also in like, just in terms of leadership, because we're both, you know, kind of working towards that or in places of leadership is realizing that you don't need to be a strong leader or a strong believer. Mm -hmm. You need to be, a weak one who realizes that and right. seeks God's strength. Yeah. And that true. was a big shift for me in leading people was when I was like, I don't have to keep doing this and trying to be strong mm-hmm. by being weak. There is a kind of strength in leadership right? because it's not my leadership. Right. You know? Yeah. And, and that I think goes for faith too. Yeah. And it's also the idea of vulnerability breeds vulnerability. The second you're vulnerable with the Lord He's going to show that in waves of mercy back. The second you're vulnerable with your community about a sin that you're struggling with, that same person in the community can come up to you after and be like, I was struggling with the same thing. I had no idea you would be struggling with that too. So it just shows that we just need to be humble before the Lord. Stay humble. I'm telling that to myself. No, I think that's the best practical piece of advice in handling emotions is just to be vulnerable and to be honest and to be um real at God's feet. Yeah. And and in terms of God being God's feet first, like he is going to be the most stable comforter and rock, right? right? Like in terms of going to him instead of your friends, like he is stability. He yeah. is steadfastness. And so that is why we should go to God with our emotions yeah. because he is the thing that rides the wave with us right yeah. and 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 continues to pull us out of that and so yeah i think um that he's just awesome for that no, like yeah. i don't know where else i was gonna go with that but he's just like so it's it's so crazy to think that something can be so steady when we are so rocky all yeah. the time i always pray to god pray to god like, or I always tell God, I'm so chaotic. Like, this, I'm a mess. Oh, no, yeah, I, quite literally. And, like, I act like he doesn't know this. Like, right? oh, boy, made me. <laughs> Are we kidding? Um, another thing I wanted to mention, though, is I think a huge thing for me in my discovery of emotions, whatever you want to call it, journey of emotions, was when I prayed, I prayed for my heart to change. I didn't pray for Kayla's heart for Kayla to stop being emotional. I didn't pray for Kayla to stop coming to me with all these things. I prayed for my heart to change. And that's where I saw life change. I didn't see life change when she stopped crying. I saw life change when I was able to sit with her. Oh my gosh, I wish I could clap, but the audio would be so bad. But it's true though, because 
we are so like what you said already like we're so quick to want others to change to fit our needs right and that's not what jesus does right well no. first of all jesus doesn't change but yeah we are sinful people so yeah. we need our hearts to constantly yeah. be molded into our creators and so Ooh. yeah just fun little advice i guess yeah that is good that is good so kind of as our last little point i found this quote as i was reading a desiring god article on emotions Classic. and i want to say that the article was called let me see if i still have it pulled up i do you guys are in luck Ooh. the article was the title is emotions make terrible gods <laughs> and Dang, i was thinking about that and i was like wow like how what an unsteady god mm. what a roller coaster right of a changing god emotions are yeah. mm-hmm. and what is there to put your faith in when there's so much of that and so i was thinking about that and then i was reading the article this is the like last paragraph of the article it says god gives us the wonderful gift of emotions to color life he is a feeling god and those made in his image are not robots but while feelings are wonderful servants they are terrible gods Ooh. when they flow ungoverned by god's spirit and god's reality they make us threats both to others and to ourselves. Dang. And I was like, whoo! Like, that just really, I feel like, wraps it up, puts a little right. bow on it, Put and closes the Bible for us. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, so, yeah, it is It is just so true that that there is a beauty and, a, and an intentional creation behind emotion and feeling. Mm-hmm. But it is in the image of God, and it right. is in the image of righteousness. And so... We need to seek that, and they need to be governed by God's spirit and God's reality and God's truth. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. And that's that. Yeah. <laughs> well, guys, this is awesome. I'm sure you are feeling some sort of emotion after feeling this, <laughs> as we constantly be. <laughs> I don't even know how to end podcasts. This is just how it is. But thanks so much for um, tuning in. We are excited to see you next time and yeah. talk more. and. Share our tea stories and tea stories. Share what kind of tea we're drinking. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how to end this. Outro <laughs> so interesting. <laughs> um, yeah, we're really thankful you're here, and we want to. Um, we're like we're kind of loosely planning on being here every Friday, so you can join us for some tea and our fun little mugs on Fridays, and we can talk about some cool topics. Yeah. But until then, Cheers. we'll see ya. See ya.